Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. number 54. I want to give you the setting here. Stephen is uh, a preacher and he has been called into account for some things that he has preached before the Jewish authorities. And Stephen preaches to them and it does not go very well. I don't know what kind of response the man was expecting. But uh, it was not the kind of response a preacher would like to receive. In fact, I hope I receive better response today than what he did. Just about anything would be better response than what he received. But uh, this is, we'll we'll pick, pick it up in verse number 54. When they heard these things... They were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. That's not the kind of response a preacher wants. I've preached in a lot of places in the last 30-plus years. I know I don't even look like I'm 30 years old, but I've been preaching 33 years. and I've been in a lot of churches, preached in a a lot of different situations and I've been chewed out before but I've never been chewed on before they gnashed him with their teeth but he being full of the Holy Ghost now if somebody gnashes on you with their teeth you're going to need to be full of the Holy Ghost He being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and he couldn't help himself. He had to tell him about it. Verse 56, And said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And let me tell you, that didn't impress them. It didn't change their intentions toward him at all. Verse 57, Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. Now I've received that response before. And ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul and they stoned Stephen calling upon God and saying Lord Jesus receive my spirit and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice Lord lay not this sin to their charge and when he had said this He fell asleep. If you want a title today, 
I would like to give you what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. I know this is anniversary time and we are signifying 18 years, which is no small accomplishment. But I want to preach to us today on this subject. It might not look supernatural, but it is. It might not look supernatural, but it is. I'm glad I'm in a church today that the supernatural works in the church. And the church works in the supernatural. Oh, yes. I'm glad for a Holy Ghost-filled church. Thank God for a Holy Ghost-filled preacher. Thank God for Holy Ghost-filled saints today that the Holy Ghost is able to work. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you today. I, um, I, I Reading the Bible, you know, I, I have my, my favorite, I have my favorite portions of Scripture. And then I have other parts of the Bible that I read because I'm supposed to read through my Bible. And, and you know, I, I know all of you folks, you're super spiritual and you just, if it's in the Word of God, you just enjoy it all the same. You pray for me. God's still working on me. I've got some favorite, I've got favorite parts of the Bible that I just relish and I enjoy. Then I got some other parts that like, mm, okay. Okay, all right, and so and so begat, so and so and so and so begat, so and so and Zephaliah begat uh, Nehudistan, and uh, Nehudistan begat, uh, and Lord God have mercy, I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of this. Now I know you just speak in tongues and and, and get goosebumps up and down your spine when you read those parts, but I, the Lord's still working on me, and uh, and so you know I I, I even I have. I know you're not supposed to, but I've got I've got uh, I've got favorite preachers. I mean, I've got some that I man, I just can't wait to go hear them. And I know you like all preachers the same, but I, the Lord's still working on me. You just pray for me. I'm I'm a work in progress. I got some I see their name on the conference. I'm mm, I'm tempted to sleep in that day. Uh, uh, and. Oh, I see some of y'all. You know what I'm talking about. Well, he's not my favorite. That means I don't really care to hear him at all, you know. And uh, but the, the Lord, still, I'm, I'm a work in progress. And uh, you know, I've, I've got that. There's that. There's there's certain parts in the Bible that 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 they're still exciting and they're still. Uh, enlightening and they're they're still encouraging to me I enjoy reading the book of Acts I find myself going back to the book of Acts and reading it and claiming the promises that are in the book of Acts I, I, I get strength from reading the book of Acts because the book of Acts tells us what success looks like tells us what effective ministry looks like 
tells us what a powerful church looks like. And I don't know how you feel, but if I'm going to be in the ministry, I want to be a success at it. If I'm going to do church work, I want to make church the very best I can be. I don't understand people that sit around want to criticize the church, want to find fault about the church, point out this, that, and the other that they don't like about the church. I, I, I wouldn't waste my time. I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to be a part of the church, I want to make it the best that it can be. If I'm going to be a part of it, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it's a winning team. I want to tell you right here in Texarkana, you got a winning team. You got Pastor and Sister Calhoun. You got this music. Amen. You got everything you need to have revival. You got everything you need to reach the lost. You got everything you need to see this church flourish and grow and thrive and be blessed by the hand of God. Amen. Amen. I, I and, and I, I read the book of Acts and I, and I see what a, uh, I, I see what revival looks like. I, I see what an effective church service looks like, and I'm drawn to that. I'm, I, I, I'm attracted to that, and 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 and, and I want to see that in my own life. I find myself reading through the Book of Acts, and and I find myself, God, I I want to I want to preach like that, and I want to have that kind of response, and. And, and, and I want to see that kind of multiplying in the church. And I want to see that kind of conviction like they had in the book of Acts. And, and, and I want to see the kind of results that they enjoyed because the book of Acts shows us what revival looks like. It shows us what miracles and signs and wonders look like. It, it shows us what real ministry looks like in the will of God and with the hand of God on it. I don't know how you feel today, but I, I'm not here to just take up time. I, I'm not here to just preach a fancy sermon. I, I'm not here. I got past it a long time ago trying to be intellectual and trying to be deep and trying to be impressive. I, I'm not interested. I want to make my time count. I want what I say to count. I want this service to count. I want the hand of God upon it. And if the hand of God's not on it, I'm wasting my time. Amen. But the book of Acts shows us, it shows us how they got the job done. It shows us how the church not only was birthed, but but how it grew and how it flourished and how it multiplied and it didn't matter what the devil threw at it the church just moved forward it didn't matter what kind of opposition came against the church the church just it, it, it just somehow overcame it that we sang it already he's the god of the breakthrough it didn't matter what kind of devil put up a barrier against the church they were just a breakthrough it did not matter what kind of of authorities tried to squelch the spirit moving in the church they just stood up before them and testified and proclaimed the name and stood for the, the gospel and continued in the apostles' doctrine. And God just blessed the church, blessed the church, blessed the church. I want to be a part of that kind of church. I'm not in a defeated church today. I, I'm not in a weak, anemic church today. I'm not in a crippled church today. God's people, Daniel talked about them. In the last days, they, they, those that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. This is a church of exploits. Woo, praise God. You know, if, if we just testified about all the miracles, all the miracles that we've seen in the last 18 years, it, it would take far more than a Sunday morning to talk about it all. 
Isn't that right? I see some of the some of the old folks nodding their head. Amen. I've pastored in Georgia 25 years, and if I just talked about all the things that I've seen God do, things that, that in ways that He came through for me, and all of the testimonies of lives changed, it it, it would take up more than than the 28 chapters that are found in the book of Acts because God is still working today. Amen. So, as I read through the book of Acts, I, 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 I love what I find there. I find things and I find myself praying, God, I want to see that. I want the, to emulate that uh, in my ministry. I, I want to see the power of God working in our church services. You don't get beyond Acts chapter number 2. and You find out when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. I'm telling you today, I still want to see a move of God where everybody's touched and everybody's influenced and everybody feels it and everybody's changed and everybody, amen, is filled and everybody is talking in tongues. I read that and I say, God, if you did that back then, I believe you'll do it for us. Amen. And I, I read of the man getting up and preaching. And, and he began to preach to them about their sins. And that you with wicked hands have crucified the Lord of glory. And the Bible said there was conviction moved on them. They were cut to the heart. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Lord, give me some hungry people like that. I said, just preach to me, preacher. Just tell me what I need to do. And then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, the message is still the same. If people are still asking the same question, we've got the same answer today. I'm preaching. This is an apostolic church because we're preaching the same thing the the, the apostles preached. The same doctrine, the same message, the same gospel that they preached. And I just believe that God can give us the same kind of results that they had. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Brother, that's what revival looks like. That's what church growth looks like. And I know you may get satisfied with, well, same old, same old. Well, us four no more, and that's how we like it. Well, that may be your attitude and your opinion, but I'm going to tell you, God's going to have a group of people that says, God, give us revival. God, give us those kind of results. God, God, give us that kind of move of God. Give us that kind of response, that kind of conviction. Amen. Then I, I love reading through Acts chapter number 3, the lame man. Healed at the gate called beautiful. And and I know what some of you are thinking. Dear God, you're going to try to preach the whole book of Acts. I might. Three. Acts chapter number 3. The lame man is healed. And so the Jewish authorities, they think, we're going to intimidate these guys into silence. They bring Peter and John before them. 
And Peter stands up, and he doesn't have a whole lot of education, and he's not an intellectual, but he stands up and he begins to preach about the name. And that was the name through faith in his name hath made this man whole. And these men, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't, they didn't have, they didn't have an argument back. The lame man was healed. They they couldn't discount the miracle. They 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 couldn't they couldn't gainsay what Peter and John said. So they just looked at them and they took note that these men, though they were ignorant and unlearned, that they had been with Jesus. And and Simon Peter, he wasn't through. He he wanted he came back in Acts chapter number four and was kept preaching about the name. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Brothers and sisters, we've got the same name, we've got the same gospel, and it still works today. It's why we emphasize, we pray in the name. Amen. Oh, yes, we do. Uh, everything we do in word and deed, we do in the name. We walk in the name. We talk in the name. We preach in the name. We baptize in the name. Because there is none other name. No other name. No other name. Praise God. And you move into, move into Acts chapter number 5. And you, get, you find uh, uh, a couple by the name of Ananias and Sapphira. Acts chapter number 5. You want to talk about the power of God. Now, so far, we've seen the power of God just poured out on people as they received the Holy Ghost and a, and a great ingathering of souls on the day of Pentecost. We've seen a lame man that sat at a gate for many years that he is raised up and he's able to run into the temple, leaping and dancing and praising God, seeing the power of God there. Acts chapter 5, we see the power of God in a little different dimension. Ananias... And Sapphira come to church and they lie. And they lied to the Holy Ghost. And they ended up dead. Pastor, in 25 years, if everybody that lied to me got struck dead, We probably wouldn't have but a half a dozen saints in the church left anymore. No, maybe, 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 maybe eight or ten. But anyway, but it's a different dimension of power. Now, you may look at that and pray, oh, now, God, I want that. I want, I, I ain't too sure I want too many people dropping dead. Yeah, come to Landmark. We'll send you to the other side quickly. You you wouldn't you you wouldn't want to put that on your advertisement if that happened very many times. But it was the power of God working. God dealt with the problem, and it was a severe way. And it seemed to be harsh and brutal, especially since they drug them right out and buried them right away. But you couldn't deny that the power of God was working. And you couldn't deny that God was on the side of Simon Peter and not on the side of the hypocrites and the liars. And I want to tell you, we may not see Ananias and Sapphira dropping dead at the altar. I'm not sure that I would even want to. But you just remember this. God's still on the side of the church. And God's still on the side of the pulpit. God's still on the side of the preacher. And He's not on the side of the hypocrites and the liars. 
Woo, praise God. And uh, so uh, you go on in Acts chapter number 5. The apostles were imprisoned. Middle of the night, an angel comes and delivers them out of prison, sends them right back to the temple courtyard. And while the authorities are discussing how in the world uh, we're going to deal with this insurrection and these rebellious apostles, they were back out there preaching. Somebody had to tell them, hey, the the guys are right back at it again. They're right back preaching. And uh, finally, there was a man, the lead doctor of the law, the lead authority on the law of Moses, Gamaliel, gathers gathers his cohorts together and says, look, look, why don't we leave these people alone? Because if it's of God, there is nothing we can do against it. It's going to prosper anyway. And if it's not of God, it's going to fizzle out and it's going to come to nothing. So just leave it alone. You talk about, hey, that's a move of God right there. I mean, they had imprisoned Peter and John. They were beating the disciples. They were commanding them not to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And the main man, the authority, the, the, the very person. Matter of fact, Apostle Paul was trained at the feet of Gamaliel. And he stepped up and said, it's time to cut them some slack. Let's just let them do what they're going to do. Let me tell you, God is still the God of the breakthrough. God can move on your adversary. God can move on those that seek to oppose the work of God and the will of God being done in the church. I see the supernatural all the way through the book of Acts. When you you go on into... Uh, Acts chapter number 6, there was a big disputation and a division about which of the widows in the church were served and uh, were taken care of. And so they had to appoint some men that were full of the Holy Ghost uh, to serve tables and uh, so that the apostles could focus on prayer and the study of the Word. And so we find the hand of God in the book of Acts and This is where you get in Acts chapter number 6 and get in Acts chapter number 7. I I love it so far. I love apostles getting out of prison. I love the Holy Ghost falling on everybody. I love the lame man being healed. But when I get to Acts chapter number 6 and Acts chapter number 7, I want to fast forward. I said it's not one of my favorites. Let me go right past it and let's get over there to Acts chapter 8. Philip goes to Samaria and there's a great revival in Samaria and the whole city turns to God and there's great joy all across the city. That's the kind of revival I want. Let's go on over there to Acts chapter number 9 and Saul of Tarsus is converted and God knocks him down on the Damascus road and he looks up and says, Who art thou, Lord? And and the Lord answers, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. I like that. That's supernatural. God did for Saul of Tarsus what all the disciples all together could never do. 
Get over to Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 11, the household of Cornelius. Peter is sent over there to preach, and he just goes following what God told him, goes to the household of a Gentile, and while he is yet speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard the word. That's supernatural. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake with other tongues. Get into Acts chapter number 12 and there's Simon Peter. Herod decides since he had been successful against James and beheaded him, he was going to take Simon Peter, put him in jail. In the middle of the night, there's an angel comes in there. Simon Peter's sound asleep. He's not worried one little bit. The angel has to wake him up, tell him to, to get his shoes on. God, and God delivers him out of that prison and, and he is sent back to where the, the church has been praying for him. That's more of the supernatural. I, have, I realized this week, I think it was just a few days ago, I have preached very little from Acts chapter number 7. Because I may want God to... To, to give us a, 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 a jailbreak. And I may want God to reach 3,000 in one service. And I want God to heal the crippled like He did for the man at the, the gate called Beautiful. But I don't want the kind of results that Stephen got. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to go through what he went through. I'd, I'd, now, I've already told you, I, I've preached, a, I've preached a, 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 a quite a few years, preached a lot of different places, had a lot of different responses. Brother Calhoun, I've been some places where when I got through preaching, I was wishing there was a trap door. I could push a button and disappear. Right there behind the pulpit, a trap door. Maybe your pastors never felt that way, but this might turn out to be one of those days. Do you all have a trap door? You might ought to build one. <laughs> Just for, if I get invited back, praise God. But I've had a lot of responses. But I never had the kind of response that Stephen did. Matter of fact, it almost looks like failure to me. And you've got to understand, if I'm going to do something, I want to be a success at it. Are you listening to me today? If I am going to apply myself and give myself to it, I want to be effective. I, I, you know, I'm going to tell you, if you're a preacher, I'll tell you what you want. When you give the altar call, you want people to go to the altar. When I was young, I started, uh, I started listening to preachers. And, and I didn't listen to preachers that I felt like they couldn't preach their way out of a wet paper bag. I didn't, I didn't waste my time listening to preachers that, that, that uh, just... Just I, I know I wanted to listen to the best. I guess I'm, if I'm confessing today, I'm just going to confess it all, brothers and sisters. I wanted to listen to the best. I, I started out, man. I got every preaching tape I could, every conference that I could find, every apostolic preacher. I wanted to listen to men, I, and and I didn't want the ones that were boring. People were falling asleep while they were preaching. That don't look like success to me. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to listen to the ones where, my Lord, they just drawn on and on, and you think, I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't know if he knows what he's talking about. But that, 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 that didn't attract me. 
Those men that preach with some anointing and with power. And even on, boy, I'm dating myself, tapes. I keep talking about tapes. We hadn't had cassette tapes in decades, but but that's where I started out listening to those tapes. And sometimes you could feel the anointing through the tape. You could you could you could tell that the, the congregation could feel that anointing, that, that that pew was hooked into the pulpit and something supernatural, something dynamic, something very powerful was going on. And I said, that's what I want in my ministry. I don't want to be some dull preacher. I, I'm not just trying to come up with the biggest words and, and, and just go on and on and on. No, no, no. I want God to do something in my ministry. I, I want people to get the whole Ghost when I preach. I, I want the, the Spirit of God to get a hold of sinners and I want conviction to move in the church and people to be drawn toward God. I don't want to be a failure. I don't want to, when I get through preaching, I say, what, what did he preach about? Oh, I don't know, but it was pretty good. I don't look like success to me. No, I wanted to find, I wanted to find men that had the hand of God on them. I would listen to some preachers and, and Brother Calhoun and I, one of the things I think we just kind of connected on back early on was, was we loved preaching and we loved preachers and we loved to, to, to hear good apostolic preaching. And, and, uh, and, and you know, there were times, there were times I'd hear preaching, I'd say, now that's, that's not, that is not where I want to end up. That is, that is not. I, I remember one time, I might not ought to, well anyway, praise God. And, uh, I remember one time somebody gave me a tape, that's probably about 18 or 19 years old, and this preacher had just taken a church, uh, church, uh, somewhere between the Atlantic Ocean and Pacific Ocean. But but uh, he had just taken this church, and he started preaching. He said, huh? now we're going to have revival. We're going to have revival. I'm going to tell you, and when we start having revival, it's going to scare some of you to death. You're going to have demons walk into your house in the middle of the night, and you're going to be trembling and crying out in fear. And... Uh, Sound like them folks did about what y'all are doing right now, but he said, he said, and uh, and your your children are going to be terrified, and they're going to wake you up in the middle of the night screaming because devils are coming in your house. What? Well, I'm not a, I'm I'm not a rocket scientist, but I can tell you, if I was sitting there, I'd be like, I don't want that. I thought revival was people getting the Holy Ghost, people getting baptized, people getting blessed, people getting healed. But if if you're trying to get me attracted to revival this kind of way, you missing it, brother, brother. And and I remember 18, 19 years old, I was listening to that. I thought, now what what whatever that is, I don't want it. He said, oh, I'm going to tell you, you're going to come in here so weary sometimes. It's been nights since you was able to get any sleep. Nights you've been without. I said, I don't want that. I like getting sleep, bless God. He giveth his beloved rest. I'm going to claim that, my Lord. 
And, and, and you know what? It wasn't long. I found out that joker, he wasn't there no more. They sent him on down and said, you take you and your revival and your demons and all that stuff you got in your suit, take it right on down to somewhere else. We don't want it. Didn't look like success to me. You know, I had a, I had a preacher come through one time and I, uh, another pastor called me and he said, uh, he said, man, you need to have this guy for a service. He'll bless you. Man, he'll bless you. So I thought, one service. How could it hurt? I found out it can. One service. And set you back. And this brother gets up, and, and, and we didn't know him. He didn't know us. And he looks around. He says, folks, I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. And I know when God speaks to me. Well, so far, so good. We'll know here in a little bit. And so he said, hey, brother, right there, second from, second from the lap. Yeah, yeah, you, brother. The Lord would say unto thee tonight. Well, when he called him brother, I thought, oh, no. But he said, the Lord would say, because thou hast not wavered, and because thou hast been steadfast the Lord will vindicate you and the Lord is going to see you through and the Lord will will get you through this trial everybody in the church turned around and looked and they knew at that moment well he missed it because <laughs> he could not have singled out any person that was more unsteady and more unfaithful and who had not wavered anymore. If there, was a, if there was a trophy for wavering, he would have gotten it. Everybody looked around, then they're looking at me. And so, oh, God. God, you'll get me out of this one. I will, Lord, have mercy. And I, I, it was so bad, the poor old boy felt sorry for the preacher. He's like... He just, he went, I mean, he, it, it, the only thing that the guy got right was the word trial. The only thing he got right out of all what he said was the word trial. Because the guy's trial was coming up in two weeks. And that was the only reason he is in church. He was wanting the Lord to get him through this trial. And everybody knew about the trial that was coming up. The man only had seven counts against him. That's all he had. Uh, the Lord, I guess, could get him through all seven counts. It was uh, uh, public intoxication, possession of drugs, uh, public nudity. Uh, it was unwavering, steadfast. Uh, uh, resistant arrest, disturbance of the peace, assault and battery of a police officer. And I, and, and I know there's one more that I'm not thinking about. I was still just a young pastor then. when I said, that does not look like success to me. If I ever say God said, I done went and made sure God said. Whoo, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, when I look here at the ministry and the sermon, I preach very little. 
I don't, I don't go through and find the points that Stephen preached. I hadn't preached his sermon because if it got him killed, it don't look like success to me. If it got him the kind of response, I don't think I want that kind of response. But I went back through it again this week and looking back through it, Stephen, it just is amazing to me. Stephen is preaching about the supernatural all the way through the history of Israel. He's talking about the glory of God. He talks about the hand of God. He talks about the angels that brought the disposition of grace and and the lively oracles. He talks about the prophetic and what the prophets had to say as the Spirit of God moved upon them and the presence of God. He preaches about it. God of glory appeared to Abraham. He didn't just say Abraham was was a, a man of faith. Oh no, there was glory in Abraham's experience. There was the presence of God in the life of Joseph. And he goes on and on and there was an angel that appeared to Moses at the burning bush and all the way through Stephen is preaching about the supernatural God being involved among his people God supernaturally being with Joseph in his worst trial and delivered him out of his afflictions the supernatural the power of God being with Moses appearing to him in a flame of fire in a burning bush and sending him to be a deliverer and to bring the people of God out of Egypt. He all the way through, all the way through, he's preaching about the supernatural. All the way through it, he preaches the history of Israel and he is emphasizing there's a God who's involved with his people. There's a God who moves among his people. There's a God who speaks through the prophetic to his people. People. And I can't help it that there were those there that they didn't like it and they didn't appreciate it. I want to tell us today what got us 18 years. 18 years to this anniversary service is God working in the midst of His church. God moving in signs and wonders. God speaking and giving us direction. Every Wednesday night, it may not look like it's supernatural, but it is. The church is growing. God is blessing. God's bringing in sinners. God is bringing backsliders back. It might not look supernatural, but it is. We've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. See, we don't have just religion. We don't just have a doctrine that we adhere to. We don't just have a set of codes and beliefs that we get up and we go back over every time we gather together. We've got a God who is with us and the God who manifests His glory, a God who inhabits the praises of Israel. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not going to go back and preach the whole sermon that, that Stephen preached. But I can tell you this, in spite of the results, 
it was still supernatural. In spite of how it felt at the moment, it was still supernatural. One of the reasons I know it was supernatural is because at the end of it, when he said, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so also do ye. See, the reason that they were so angry was not because Stephen was so intelligent. It's because the Holy Ghost was working. The reason that they were cut to the heart is because there was conviction. It went beyond the words. It went beyond the phrases. It went beyond the illustrations that Stephen used. The Holy Ghost was working. And when you can be full of the Holy Ghost and they're throwing rocks at you and they're gnashing you with their teeth and you're still full of the Holy Ghost, there's something supernatural going on. Now, I know we can walk out and say, well, there wasn't any crippled folks healed. And there wasn't any blind eyes open. But I'm going to tell you, after all that you've been through, if you can stay full of the Holy Ghost, it really is a supernatural church. It really is supernatural ministry. See, Stephen, it said when they called on him to wait tables and to be one of the seven uh, young men, the, the, the deacons, the seven young men, uh, what, he was full of the Holy Ghost when he stepped into that new position of leadership. And you know what? There's a lot of folks can be full of the Holy Ghost when they get promoted or when they get noticed or when they get rewarded. But he wasn't just full of the Holy Ghost when the disciples, the apostles, uh, they, they, they pointed to him to step up to a certain position of authority in the church. And then when it was his turn to preach, when it was his turn to speak, the Bible said that he was full of faith and full of power. Amen. He's full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's easy to live for God on the platform. It's easy to live for God behind the pulpit. It's easy to live for God when everybody's looking at you and you can appear spiritual but I'm going to tell you when everything's going against you and it seems like nobody nobody appreciates what you're doing and nobody appreciates what you had to say and they're picking up rocks with murder in their eyes and you still got the Holy Ghost Praise the Lord. Let me tell you, there's saints right here on these pews today. Still going to church. Still loving God. Still talking in tongues. Still going to prayer meeting. Still paying their tithes. Not because everything's been easy. Not because you're popular. Not because everybody loved you. Not because somebody, everybody has appreciated what you have done. Had some rocks thrown at you. Still full of the Holy Ghost. Woo, hallelujah. You know it's supernatural when you can stay full of the Holy Ghost and you'll be threatened. You know, another thing, you know it's supernatural when you can look up steadfastly. The Bible doesn't just say that he looked 
up. The Bible says he looked up steadfastly. Oh, I got to quit. I got to run. I got I to wind this thing up. You know it's supernatural. When you can go through trials and you go through the test and you can go through painful experiences and you can be steadfast about looking up. Not going to let this get me down. You know, it's more natural to look at the rocks being thrown at you. But when it's supernatural, you can just keep on looking up. It's, it's natural to notice the hatred that people have towards you. And it's natural to let what they post on social media get you down. But when it's supernatural, you can just keep on looking up. When it's supernatural, you can walk in the house of God and you can lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. When it's supernatural, doesn't matter what kind of week you've had on the job. Doesn't matter what people have said about you. Doesn't matter what it's looking like during the week. You come in here and say, God is good. God is great. And He is greatly to be praised. I'm not looking down. I'm not going to let life get me down. I'm going to be steadfast about looking up I know how to praise him on Sunday and I know how to praise him at midweek Bible study I know how to praise him Sunday morning and I know how to praise him Sunday night my joy is not based on circumstances my feelings are not based on situations but I can look up steadfastly because this is supernatural might not look supernatural, but it is. Oh, he's full of the Holy Ghost. He's looking up steadfastly. Let me tell you, when it's supernatural, you can pray with a forgiving heart. Amen. Remain standing with me. Yeah, I'm going to pray for them. I pray the brakes go out in their car. Yeah, I pray the plane they're on has to make an emergency landing but don't quite make it. I pray God give them the seven-year itch. That's what I'm praying for. You know it's supernatural. When a man, the last words he says, in the presence of his executioners, his Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Now I know we want the supernatural 3,000 being saved, but we don't always get it our way. We're here to say, Not my will, but thine be done. And I know we want the supernatural in that. The crippled gets up and walks and leaps and dances and testifies to everybody in the temple that it was, it was that preacher right there, Simon Peter, that said, Such as I have, give I to thee. Rise and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he leapt up and his ankle bones were strengthened. And that's the kind of supernatural. But I'm going to tell you, it's just as much the power of God Let's a man fall to his knees and say, There's no ill will, there's no unforgiveness, 
There's no bitterness. And he can look up to the heavens. And the heavens open. And he gets a revelation. Revelation in a killing place. In a dying place. He gets a revelation of the very throne room of God. (laughs) And he doesn't die with any bitterness. You know what? If the devil had his way, if the devil had his way, you'd die bitter at the person that did you wrong. I pastored long enough to pastor people and say, I I don't know when I'm coming back to church. (laughs) After what so-and-so said about me, it's so much harder to walk in there than it is just stay home. And you're going to stand beside a Stephen in judgment. The last words he said came from a supernatural source of forgiveness. <laughs> See, we like ankle bones being strengthened, blind eyes being opened. But the ability to get over hatred and hurt and mistreatment and be able to forgive is just as supernatural. The Bible said, going on to the next chapter, Stephen died. Nobody raised him up. Now, I've preached a whole lot. I've preached a whole lot about Apostle Paul. I've preached about how that they stoned him and left him for dead. And the disciples gathered around. And he stood up on his feet. And he went to the next village, the next town, the next region. And he preached. Now, that's the kind of story I like. They thought they killed him and he got back up. And he preached again. But Stephen didn't get back up. Doesn't look supernatural to me. Doesn't look like God is doing anything here. Doesn't look like the hand of God could be in this. You mean you're going to let Stephen die? You're going to let them, you're going to let them carry his corpse to the graveyard? The next chapter says that, that devout men made great Lamentation for Stephen. I mean, it was a sad funeral. It was a bad time. I mean, the the, the faithful folks, the, the, the leaders in the church, they stood there at the tomb and they wept when they said goodbye. But I want to tell you, when the supernatural's involved, there's life after loss. Because the Bible said, because of Stephen, the church was scattered. Because of Stephen being killed, the church moved out. People left Jerusalem and they went to other towns. And they went to other regions. And wherever they landed, there was a church that was raised up. And I love what the Bible says in Acts chapter number 11. Acts chapter number 
uh, 11, it said, Now they, verse 19, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Verse 21, And the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. I'm done here today. But I want to tell you, 2020, COVID-19, all the things that have gone with it. Has there ever been a time that I wondered, God, where are you in all of this? How is this going to work for the good to them who love the Lord? Maybe I'm the only one that prayed those kind of prayers in 2020. But I want to tell you that even when it doesn't look supernatural, it is. Even when it looks like God is not working, He is. There's life after suffering. And there's life after loss. Stephen was put in the grave. But there's a church in Antioch now because Stephen paid the price. And there's a church in Cyprus now because Stephen stood up. And Stephen, in a supernatural moment, when it didn't look like God was moving, because of the scattering, there was a multiplying. And there was an adding to the church. And oh, you can't miss it. There was a Saul of Tarsus that he looked at Stephen and the Bible said that his face shone as the face of an angel. Right there in his last sermon, the sermon that killed him, the sermon nobody liked, the sermon that that brought the kind of results that nobody wanted, his face shone like the face of an angel. Might not look supernatural, but it is. And out of that killing place stepped Saul of Tarsus and Saul of Tarsus steps into ministry and Saul of Tarsus steps into the book of Acts and there's miracles and there's signs and there's wonders and there's new churches planted and there's new ministers raised up under him and he's a missionary that goes across the world starting churches establishing congregations everywhere that he goes it might not look like anything good is going on but it is it might not look supernatural but it is might not look like the hand of God is upon it but it is Hallelujah. I don't know how to close this today. But I came to give some encouragement to somebody in your dry times. 
I came to give a word to somebody. Amen. In your struggling times. And in your valley. May look like nothing's going on. But far beyond what meets the eye, God's will is being done. May look like you're not getting the results that you want, but oh, all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord. Do you love Him today? To them who are the called according to His purpose. And if you're one of those called according to His purpose, why don't you join me for a few moments here around this altar today, will you? Would you come take just a few moments and say, God, I still trust you. Even when I don't see your hand, I trust you. God, I believe you're working in my life when I see no visible evidence that you're working in my life. God, I'm going to praise you like you're working a miracle when it seems like a miracle isn't anywhere, nowhere close by. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I trust you today. God, I believe you today. God, my confidence is in you today. Woo, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.